The first thing Noah noticed about the sommelier's office was that it smelled sour. Not in a bad way, but in a things are fermenting way. When Noah was just a wee lad, his mother taught him how to make sauerkraut, and he loved it. They made it together. This is how the gods of old made it, she'd said, motioning for him to follow her as she danced through the mounds of shredded cabbage. They did it for hours, banging on goatskin drums, screaming their secrets into the air, all of it inaudible, swallowed by the deafening crunch of the cabbage. They fell on their backs, lying exhausted atop the beds of inoculated vegetable. This was where Noah's mother told him of the lives with whom she shared her body. The bacteria on my feet, they aren't satisfied with their homes. I took offense to that, for their homes are the cracks in my calluses. But hey, I guess I wouldn't want to live on my feet either. And I get it. I can respect their ambition. They strive for the stars. They yearn to colonize the far reaches of our universe. This I cannot give them. The stars are not mine to give but I can give them a saucer of cabbage to live on, and perhaps one day a billion generations down the line, after they've made homes and excrement, after they've built great empires in the intestines of goats and pigs, after they've hopped atop the tiny particles of sea salt and sailed through a thousand years of oceanic adventure, after all that, perhaps they'll find a way to fly their saucer into the darkest armpits of space. Noah inhaled deeply. The odor of the office reminded him of his mother. It made him smile. However, the memory was not powerful enough to maintain the smile. He looked at the sommelier and remembered why he was there. The sommelier told him to speak. I'm scared, Noah said, because God told me that I need to get two of everything. And you don't think you can? questioned the sommelier. I've started collecting, said Noah. First I got the giraffes, a male and a female, then two squirrels, a pair of robins. What's the problem? asked the sommelier. God said we have confused ourselves by categorizing life. He told me that the kingdoms are equal. The members of Animalia, he said, are not more valuable than plantae monera protista or fungi. I see, said the sommelier. There are an estimated 8.7 million species on Earth. Humans only know 20% of them. In other words, my job is hard. I feel fucked. It sounds like you are overwhelmed, the sommelier said. Yes. Overwhelmed, that's it, said Noah. You have come to the right place. I can help you. The man took out a thin wooden box. It looked like it might hold a pair of fancy chopsticks. The man opened the box and inside was a glowing metallic straw, which tapered to a needle at one end. The man told Noah to close his eyes and then, like an acupuncturist trying to ease tension, 
he coaxed the needle end into the left side of Noah's chest. Take a deep breath, said the sommelier. I've placed a straw in your heart. It is now time for a brief intermission that I will use to remind you of the waiver. Have you signed it? Noah nodded. With your dominant hand? Noah nodded again. The sommelier wrapped his lips around the straw and he began to draw something in that wasn't air. Sucking hard, his face lost volume, revealing sharp cheekbones. He looked like a pink fish. Noah felt the squeeze immediately, like a hawk clamping vice grip talons on an infant. It was tight and sharp in his chest. Suddenly, he was lonely, a sponge that had forgotten the feeling of water. But there, in the air before him, was his mother, her image shockingly vivid. He reached out. Her wrinkles were soft, their crevices blackened by years of gardening. And then he was lying on the ground, his head in her lap, as she swept her hands across the sky. She told him a hundred wordless stories of what was there before the stars. Her hand was God. Noah knew this. He knew it because the liver mark on her right hand outshone the Milky Way. He knew it because the air from her breath condensed into crystal points, each one sewing strands of light across the dark sky. Seconds passed, or was it years? Noah's eyes cleared and he awoke as the image of his mother faded to mist. They were, again, in the sour-smelling office. Noah had talked to God, and after such a chat, he decided one deserves a good stretch. So he stretched slowly, and he yawned deeply. The sommelier was carefully tucking the metal straw into its case. Noah looked at him and proclaimed, God is a woman. In fact, she is my mother. I like God more now that she is my mother. I am glad the knowledge comforts you, said the sommelier. What did you do to me? asked Noah. I sipped your fear through a straw, swished it around, and swallowed it. It served as your payment. Before I go, I'm curious, what did it taste like? Yours had an odd taste, actually. It was undoubtedly celestial, but I can say with confidence that it was the first time I've ever been graced with notes of sauerkraut. Noah smiled. Then he began to chuckle, and soon it turned into a booming, unstoppable fit of laughter. He walked home through giddy tears that ran down red cheeks. He brushed his teeth. He napped. When he awoke the following day, he got back to work. Two at a time, Noah collected all the things that lived on earth. If they were small things, he put them in mason jars, Tupperware, whatever he could get his hands on. He farmed and saved money 
so that he could acquire enough food to feed the larger ones. The things that didn't want to leave their homes told him that they would make the pilgrimage when the time came. He smiled, but told them not to be late. Some of the things he decided to bring on his boat were not living things at all. In fact, the first thing he planned to take aboard was a special deck of cards his mother had given him when he was little. Punk versions of princesses were printed on them. Cinderella was the ace of spades. One glass slipper hung from her left ear and she wore a black leather jacket. He would also bring a small bag of marbles, because why not? Fifty years passed, and Noah found himself an old man with a thick beard and a bald noggin. Around him were thousands of acres of land, with the million forms of life he'd collected and a million more who came to him in their own time. Every now and then, one of his human friends would come to visit. They journey through the maze of life that surrounded him until they find him sitting atop the wooden pallet where he slept. Don't mind the roommates, he'd say, nodding to a pair of lions on the far side of the room. They keep to themselves. This is a mess, the friend would say. This is chaos. You've got eight giraffes instead of two, and both of those lions are female, they'd say. And Noah would smile. His smile would then widen into a chuckle, and his chuckle would turn into a booming, unstoppable fit of laughter, and through giddy tears that ran down red cheeks, he'd respond, his voice serene. Only five million more species to go, but it's okay. God is a woman, and she is my mother. She told me be thorough, but don't rush. There's still time. Thank you for listening to Story Tadpole. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to donate to the cause, go to patreon.com slash storytadpole. Also, if you leave a review on iTunes or your podcasting app, it is very helpful. The amazing music this week was by Daniel Birch, Gillicuddy, and Smaller Tide. I'll provide a link to their music in the description for this episode. Fare thee well, my friends. <laughs>